What do life-saving devices, leather bags, and airplanes have in common? They are made right here in Oregon by ordinary small businesses doing extraordinary work every day. I'm your host, Linda Wexler. The Manufacturing Matters Oregon podcast is a collaborative effort designed to advance Oregon's $1.2 trillion manufacturing industry by telling their untold stories. For episode two of the podcast, we visited Schoolhouse's offices and manufacturing facility in Northwest Portland, where I sat down with Andrew Boll, Director of Operations for Schoolhouse. We had a chance to discuss the origin story of Schoolhouse and the core tenets of their brand, which are rooted in design and craftsmanship. We dove into Andrew's career journey and how his art school training has been a perfect fit for the design-focused manufacturing process that Schoolhouse uses. We also discussed Schoolhouse's 90-day training program, which is designed to take employees from any walk of life and get them to a level where they can be successful. Andrew, tell me a little about Schoolhouse. What products do you make here and what makes you feel good about making these products? We are a Portland, Oregon manufacturer and retailer of lighting and home goods. So most of our our product is through that assortment. We've got hardware, we've got soft goods like uh, bedding and towels, uh, tabletop, uh, we have hardware poles for the for the kitchen and, and cabinetry. We have door hardware. Uh, we've got ceiling fans. Uh, but we're really known for our lighting. And lighting is what started the company 17 years ago. And it's also what continues to be our mainstay, particularly in manufacturing. And you said the company has been around, around for how long? We started in, in 2003. So we're, we're heading on 17 years on the cusp of that. And you started shortly after the company started. So tell me a little bit more about that. I was working for a lighting manufacturer and restoration uh, company in in Spokane, Washington. And Schoolhouse bought us in 2003, and I was offered a job to come down. And I think it was intended that I could bring the processes that we used uh, in our company in in Spokane here, and particularly metal finishing. That was something that Schoolhouse was uh, having done in Los Angeles. We were, Schoolhouse was spinning lighting parts in Los Angeles and a plater down there was doing all of the, the metal coloring. And so we, we wanted to do that in-house and so I helped set that up. And so that was part of my uh, initial job at Schoolhouse was to bring uh, metal finishing to Portland. Oh, interesting. And so, and metal finishing, and so did you have to hire folks to help you with that, or did they already have people hired? At that time, there were there were two people, and they were both doing the assembly of the lights. And uh, one is actually still here with us today wow. uh, on our in our manufacturing team. There wasn't anyone here doing finishing. There were oxide tanks set up, and there were buffing wheels, and I think we had a paint booth, but there wasn't anyone to operate them. So... I got to hire and train and get that started. So Schoolhouse is in, in Portland, uh, Northwest Portland, in an industrial area of Northwest Portland. And talk a little bit about the building that you're in and, and how the company decided to be in this building, because I think it has a little bit of a unique history, doesn't it? It does. Uh, the owner of the, of the business is very interested in heritage buildings, heritage anything really. And and so that's been the kind of the genesis of Schoolhouse through the lighting program, but the buildings are, are part of that, uh, understanding architectural history 
and appreciating all the details of early 20th century buildings has certainly been part of the genesis of Schoolhouse and us being in a Schoolhouse brand appropriate building has certainly been part of the challenge and the joy of working for Schoolhouse. But we started in Southeast Portland in 1880 something mercantile building and then uh, moved the factory uh, when I started into a 1911 commercial laundry also in Southeast Portland. Mm. We came over to this building and this building is is on the historic register. It's a 1910 warehouse. We've moved over here, I think it has been seven years ago now. And when we came in, it had been vacant. Coffee Bean International was roasting in this building and it was uh, vacant again when, uh, when we moved in and we converted it into factory, retail, and marketing design center. And did it smell like coffee when you first moved in? It did, and there are still places in the building, in fact, uh, in one of our photo areas where we do uh, environmental shots for our catalogs, it, there's a very strong coffee smell. <laughs> still after after 12 years. <laughs> it's, it's soaked into the woodwork. <laughs> I'm curious about the name, so Schoolhouse Electric, was there a schoolhouse at one point that you worked out of? Where, where did the name come from? So this goes into American industrial design, and it is connected to the glass shades and those old glass enclosed shades that you would see in hospitals and in courtrooms in school cafeterias those large shades were called schoolhouse shades oh okay and so it's just kind of uh, been a uh, an industry term since the early 20th century oh very cool and so we adapted that because the way that the the business started was that the owner found the cast iron production molds that produce schoolhouse glass out of use in a in a warehouse in upstate New York, and he bought those and had them uh, restored. And we've been blowing in those molds one shade at a time in West Virginia ever since. So it's it's quite a legacy to be able to carry that name through with that product. So one one of the things that I've always appreciated about everything that you make here is just the high quality of the products that you make. Can you talk a little bit about? your focus on, is quality a motivator or a driver for the products that you make or is it just the artistry and the craftsmanship that drives it i believe that it starts with design we're not mm-hmm. going to start with a product unless we know that it can be quality it's not something that happens uh, because of the way that we do it we start with the idea that we want a quality product in fact uh, we want to have we strive to uh, design everything to have heirloom quality you know we want that uh, we want that quality to last Mm -hmm. and so that comes down to the materials that we select Mm -hmm. and uh, the way that we finish those materials or the way that we ask for those materials to be made for us one of the things about your products here is that you know you can go go online and find similar products you know that's that are maybe manufactured overseas what what's the benefit of manufacturing here in the u.s and what makes your what would differentiate your products from something that's similar but is maybe made overseas and or maybe is a little less quality than your product here? I wouldn't necessarily equate uh, an overseas produced good to be of a lower quality. So I mm-hmm. think that uh, many are and many mass produced are. And what I've found personally is that quality come, can come from in any place. Maybe if I restart, I would say 
the value proposition that we have in manufacturing here in Portland in the United States is that we started small and that was the practical way for us to create our own product that we had had always such an appetite to do a lot of different things in small ways and if you're going to do that you probably are going to find that it's 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 economically appropriate to do it yourself and we also had the skills and the ability to do it we knew that all of this was within reach and it made sense for us to do it and as it turns out as we go along there's a lot of benefits in the way that we do it because being vertically integrated we design our products here and we also produce our products here and we sell our products here so from beginning to end we're all engaged in the same process we're not taking it on somebody's word that they're going to deliver a product that we've designed in the way that we intended it and so the quality control for schoolhouse flows all the way through the business anybody from the design team can walk onto the sales floor walk into the warehouse walk out onto the production line and uh, feel confident that what they intended is is actually happening Tell me a little bit more about how you got into manufacturing. Did, you know, prior to coming to Schoolhouse or was Schoolhouse your first experience with manufacturing? I went to art school. <laughs> and uh, when I got my four-year degree, I had this romantic notion that I would continue in doing studio work. And I did. Uh, but the way I would support myself would be to find a factory job, just any old factory job. I knew that uh, I could make that work and it has developed. I started off in a, in a sign company, in a small commercial sign company in Seattle, and then later got a job in a large cabinet factory, uh, also in Washington. And that's where I learned a lot about production management, inventory management, and uh, just standard material and data flows. Later on, I, I did uh, start at that small company in Spokane that was a lighting company, and I started off entry level on the bench doing assembly of the lights and restoration of the lights and I was also uh, doing metal finishing so I was uh, buffing and and, and, uh, coloring metals with oxide. Mm -hmm. So you were already doing a lot of the things that folks here at Schoolhouse are learning how to do early Uh, in your career. So uh, one of the things that I'd love to talk about is what Schoolhouse has done to overcome some of the workforce challenges that manufacturers have been facing in in Portland and in Oregon. Manufacturers are struggling to find skilled workers. Um, is Is that the case for you right now? And if so, what are you doing to help solve that problem for Schoolhouse? Well, number one, through the the design of our onboarding program, we're not really uh, dependent on finding skilled workers. We can take anyone from any walk of life who's done anything or maybe nothing at all. Maybe they're new to the workforce, but we can take someone who doesn't have any background in assembly or finishing and train them up uh, with a 90-day program and, and get them to a level of competency where, where they have all the skills that, that we need and they need to be successful each day. So what does this training program look like? So if somebody comes in and they have never worked in for a manufacturer before, but they really want to work for you and, and you find that they're a really good fit for a schoolhouse. What happens on their first day? First day is going to be general orientation, but if you're coming into the assembly program, we have, for instance, the finishing program is, is, is a mirror of it, but we have what we call core skills. And so those core skills have a competency requirement of 90 days and that you need to be able to 
obtain this skill or this list of skills within 90 days. So you, you sit down and you've got a list and you're going to work on maybe five of these skills at the outset. And you've got a trainer assigned to you for the first uh, one or two weeks. And those skills are going to be taught to you as you're assembling a, f- a light fixture. And so they're going to be how to wire a socket to make sure that you have the polarity correct and that the wiring is quality wiring and that the uh, connections are solid and that that is a skill. How do you wire a socket? We have different socket types and you're going to learn to do that uh, within a certain amount of time and you're tested every so often to, to show how you're learning. And there's a lot of say and show. I'm doing this and this is the reason that I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. But you're not on your own. We have great illustrated work instructions and then we also use training within industry. So the people that are training you uh, have been trained to train and we have one way of training. You're not subject to whoever uh, you get assigned to and a lot of idiosyncrasy that you would without a program like that. You get a, a, a fairly standard way of learning the material because we also have what's called JADA instruction breakdown that we use to slowly impart each of the levels of the skill so that you understand why you're doing it and how it's done and uh, can learn it fairly quickly. Talk a little bit more about that. It sounds like you have a system of some kind to um, help folks advance through their positions here at Schoolhouse? Yes, we do. It's pretty simple. I didn't know what a skills matrix was, and we had a a consultant, Charlie Martin, come in and say, you know, people really want to know what's in it for me, and you're going to really want to know what skills they have, depending on the day, how you can flex your team around to uh, do the different things, and you need to know who's qualified to do what. And so I I looked it up online, and it was a a matrix, you know, it was just a grid of boxes, and then it was names on one side, and then the skills at the top, and an X if you'd achieved it. And I thought, well, I can do better than that. (laughs) And uh, I was thinking a lot about my days at the University of Nebraska, and how I I signed up for classes, and I had my 100-level classes and 200-level classes. I had electives, but I had prerequisites. I couldn't get into some of the higher things until I'd achieved some of the basic things. And use that kind of thinking to create a list of what I would call requirements that Schoolhouse needs to run business every day. And those requirements I placed within core. And then I thought, well, Charlie says what's in it for me. And what's in it for me is job growth and maybe some career uh, advancement. So how do I put things in there, too, that would also benefit the employee and benefit the company. And so some of it is learning things like leadership, learning how to train, learning communication skills, learning, say, Excel, and being able to create your own documents and things of that nature. And so some of those are layered in at the upper levels. But the skills matrix is really meant to achieve the the basic daily things that we do every day. If I'm in the materials team, then I need to know how to do my ERP confirmations for my material movements. Mm -hmm. If I'm on the finishing team, then I need to know how to do that uh, bright nickel pre-buff. And I need to understand what the quality requirements are for that. So it sounds like you're mixing in when you're developing your employees and creating the skills matrix for them. They're learning some of the skills that are applied to actually making making the products but then there's some soft skills in there too and some it sounds like some software skills as well so learning excel and and that kind of things 
What about leadership? Do they get trained on leadership at all? We do uh, train on leadership. And our HR department has some leadership classes that they can take, as well as we give them opportunities within their small groups to lead a group. So we have a a position. It's not a a hired position. It's kind of a rotational position called captain. And so you're going to be in charge of a small group of people through the day. And you may be the trainer for a period of time within that group, or you're the person who is answering all of the questions and then also connecting with the lead to answer anything or move anything that's uh, stalled. So you're taking responsibility of that group and we're working with you on how to Uh, communicate and interact with your team in a way that uh, makes them feel successful. So there are some companies that just manufacture products. There are some companies that just ship things. There are, you know, sometimes there these different tasks are divided. Um, There's some companies that just focus on design. You have all these elements all under one roof. Talk a little bit about that and what are the elements that you have here at Schoolhouse? It's true. Everything is here within this building. You know, it it starts with the product team and their vision for what our assortment should be. And that we have designers, they, they know the materials, they know what the market is, and they're looking for opportunities to express the schoolhouse point of view. Uh, through the product. But right behind that is all of the team that goes in to support how that product looks and how we present that product to our customers. And so the the marketing team and the brand team who have that, that point of view about how to express those products and share that, it all happens here. There's a photography team and they're always putting together Either the um, the individual product shots or the kind of the environmental shots are going out and doing shoots uh, here in Oregon. They'll go out to the coast. They were up at the mountain. Uh, they're constantly in people's private homes and in small businesses, finding the magic and capturing that. And we're very proud of how small we are, but how large we seem. And Schoolhouse, I think, does a great job of sharing the beauty of our product. And I, I think really the, the kind of the, I'm going to stumble here, but I, I think it's a kind of a generosity in the way that we want to share the warmth of what, what we've done in our, our products. We want you to have that same feeling that we get when we put that photograph together or design that product and that you're going to experience that, that same bit of bliss that we get in, in, in doing that. Thank you for listening to the Manufacturing Matters Oregon podcast. To learn more about manufacturing in Oregon, visit manufacturingmattersoregon.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.